Oh shit. Here we go again. What is up everybody? This is Jake. Uh, we at the breakfast ball have not talked to you guys in quite some time. So I thought it was important for us to maybe record a little pod. Uh, this is a solo. It's just me. Um, just to let you guys kind of know what's been going on, where we've been, what we're doing, uh, and what the plan is for the breakfast ball pod going forward. Uh, I'm also going to do like a little quick season recap since we really weren't uh, around at all in the fall and, uh, just going to kind of go through couple highlights, a couple things I thought were interesting, and a couple things to look out for in the 2020 season. So, um, yeah, as I'm sitting here uh, watching Tigers, uh, the replay of Tigers round today at um, Torrey Pines, I just was like, man, we haven't talked to the to the audience in a while, and I think it would be important to kind of let you guys know what's going on and uh, where we've been. So, the fall's been pretty crazy, I can't lie. Uh, between, actually, fall into winter, really, if you think about it. So just with everyday work and, you know, things like that, um, we, we all work everyday jobs. Um, and then also Doug uh, and Vince were moving into a house that was being built. So they were kind of like um, transients for a couple months there. Uh, kind of all those factors. Uh, I got a dog, which is cool. She's sitting right next to me. She, she might bark at any minute, but, you know, that brought about craziness in life, too. Uh, these aren't excuses necessarily, but this is kind of the story of why the pod wasn't around in the fall. I mean, our last recording was in September. We missed out on some really, really important stuff. And um, on behalf of all of the the guys in the Breakfast Ball squad, I I can't apologize enough for uh, us kind of missing some key events, some key things in the world of golf, and also, too, some opportunities that we had maybe to do some interesting interviews or tell some interesting stories that we just unfortunately, you know, kind of could not get together on. Uh, it's kind of an unfortunate thing, but I think uh, we have kind of a plan for the spring and, and the new the new PGA Tour season. And uh, I think going forward, you're going to get to hear from us uh, a lot more, which hopefully you still all want to hear from us a lot more. I don't know if you want to hear from us a lot more. I Frankly, if I had to listen to Vince's voice once a week, that might be too much for me anyway, but, you know, to each his own. So. That's kind of the plan going forward. You know, we were a small shop, and I think part of being a small shop is it's also really hard to do things that you think are unique. So we can talk to you about the PGA Tour every week, and I guarantee you we will. But I I also do hope that we get a chance to tell some stories um, that are different, that are new, that are local. I mean, our reach is only as far as sort of we can go in our everyday lives. So me in the Philly area and, and Vince and Doug down in Houston, we, you know, we have connections in different areas of golf uh, in the nation. And, you know, hopefully we can we can tell some of those stories and, and, you know, you can hear some unique viewpoints on the pod as we go forward. But that's kind of the plan. That's where we were. That's where we want to go. And uh, I hope that everybody's still interested in sticking around and, and hearing more of what we have to say. But OK, so. Thought it'd be good for us to do a, a quick um, season rundown here. I'm not going to talk a ton about a lot of these 
um, tournaments and, and victors so far from the wraparound season. Uh, but I do want to go through some stuff from the fall and some storylines heading into the year. So we start off the season, guns ablazing, no pun intended, with the military tribute at the Greenbrier. And we have a, 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 you know, a, a young winner in Joaquin Neiman. So Neiman wins his second tournament. And, you know, later on, as we move through the fall season, we get to talk about the President's Cup, which is, uh, you know, kind of a, the shining light of the fall. But Neiman plays a role in that, too. So to me, the interesting thing about something like this is you got a, a young kid who has a sort of an interesting swing, his own way of doing things, comes from a non-traditional golf country. He wins his second event on tour. Um, and it's, it's weird because like we don't lump him in with guys like Wolf or Morikawa or Hovland, but in reality, he's in that group, even though he's been around, uh, on tour longer because of not going to college and things like that. So that's something to keep in mind, keep an eye on Neiman, but Neiman starts the year off with a big win, um, at the Greenbrier. Then we head out to the Sanderson farms in Jackson, Mississippi, the old, uh, Fried Chicken Open, um, and we have Sebastian Munoz winning that. So sort of an eclectic fall already, right? You have Neiman and then Munoz. Um, and so that's a, a big win, again, for non-traditional golf sort of origin country and player. Next up, the Safeway out at Silverado, you know, a little wine country action. Uh, I thought this was actually really, like, if you think back to this, um, if it, it, late September, it's kind of a cool win because I think that Cam Champ gets a little bit of a bad rap. Um, he hits it far, and that's his main skill. And I think everybody who watches PGA Tour golf um, consistently knows that that is his weapon. And they also know that he doesn't do a lot of other things all that great. But it's really intriguing when he wins. And he, we like if you remember this, if you can kind of take yourself back, I know it's been a couple months, but... It was a very emotional win for him at Safeway with uh, his grandfather being sick. Um, and so you got to give it to the guy there, right? Like, however he did it, uh, he won another tournament, and that's two now. And I think this is kind of the player he's going to be throughout his career. This guy that just, like, finds a week where he, like, makes a couple putts and gets up and down a little bit uh, more than normal. And with his absolute ability to just mash it from everywhere. Um, yeah, he's going to pop up and win every now and again. It's just going to happen. So that was cool. I I love that tournament. Uh, I think it's a a cool one every year anyway. It's a really laid back five and a good win for Cam Champ. So from there, we're out of the month of September. Uh, we've been moving into October and we have the Shriners Hospitals for Children's Open at TPC Summerlin in Las Vegas. That was won by Kevin Na. Um, I think I actually picked Nah this week, like when we were planning out potential pods. So I've been, I, I think I picked Nah twice in the history of this pod, and both times I've picked him, he's won. And I'm too much of a bitch to put a little money down on anybody, but I kind of wish I would have because that would have been sick. But so Kevin Nah, um, I think he kind of cements himself as like a forgotten player of his generation in some ways. He doesn't drive it that far. We all know his slow play. Um, maladies from years prior, uh, prior, but, uh, in the end, I think another win for Kevin Na is only a good thing, uh, for all of us. I actually would have kind of liked to see him as 
one of these guys that maybe got a President's Cup pick just as like a lifetime achievement award kind of lap thing, even if he was a captain's pick. And he's boys a tiger. Uh, so I was kind of I was kind of crossed my fingers for a little while for that. But yeah, great. Um, finally, we go to well, not finally, but next we go to uh, Houston. This is uh, mid-October. And the other two boys, actually, I wish they were on the pod right now, but there are no Internet in the house yet. So they're kind of still moving in. Um, Lanto Griffin with the win. They played at Golf Club of Houston, which I've been very adamant that I think Golf Club of Houston is an absolute like Jeep track, you know, shit stain of a golf course. And that's a little harsh, maybe, but it's not one of my favorites. Um, doesn't really, I think, do much for anybody. And in some ways, this tournament is searching for an identity. There's a big story, obviously. We have the Astros owner. Um, oof, I didn't even think about this until literally this moment, but like the Astros are involved in that big, a big cheating scandal right now. And they're kind of involved in this thing. I don't know. That's very interesting to me. Um, but Lanto Griffin with the win. Golf will be Houston. Next year they move to Memorial. Um, Vince and Doug have actually played Memorial Park since it's um, kind of been finished and open to the public. And they said it was really cool. So I'm, I'm super pumped for the Houston Open to hopefully find a place in the schedule that's more unique, which I actually kind of like it in the fall, but also to um, to get to Memorial Park and have its own identity, I think would be really good. But Lanto Griffin, first time winner on the tour. Um, and yeah, that's that's a you know good win for him and a, another good tournament in the fall. So we head out to um, Jeju Island for the Nine Bridges, the CJ Cup. Uh, that was won by Justin Thomas, and, and I think this is going to, like, not to go too far into this uh, particular tournament, because we can talk about Justin Thomas for a whole chunk of time, but I think what's uh, good to take away is that Justin Thomas is a very freaking good golfer. He is a, going to be one of the best tour pros for years to come because of all of the things that he does well. He's not a one-trick pony. And the takeaway, too, that I have from that is uh, this is like sort of a cascading thing where he wins in bunches, right? We're going to see him um, crop up and win again in the this season already. The Skins game. Oh, shit. I'm just looking at the schedule. I completely forgot about the fucking Skins game. So the Skins game, I, Skins game was like a big fart for me. Honestly, I thought it was a cool idea. Um, a little bit poorly executed. I thought, I even thought the cast of characters was like really intriguing. You know, like you got Day out there, you got Rory, you got Tiger, Hideki in his home country. It looked like no one came to play. Jason Day ends up being the quote unquote winner, but I don't even know if that's worth saying uh, sort of in that manner. He, he looked like he was just like, in a shirt that was a couple sizes too small, just, you know, trying to chat it up and play some golf or whatever. There was a lot of foul balls. It was like a really weird vibe overall, but um, it leads us into something because we have the, in the days prior or that skins game ran the days prior to the Zozo uh, in Japan. And we got to see Tiger just come out and absolutely throttle it. I thought that was the best he's looked. Um, and it really sets up how he looked at the president's cup to me. And this, I don't want to think this is controversial necessarily, but to me, he looked more in control of what he was doing at the Zozo 
than he did even in the final round of that Masters. Because you got to remember, like, Molinari came back to him a little bit, and then he caught fire coming in, and, and Brooks apparently forgot how to putt, and he wins the Masters, and we're all like, holy shit, Tiger's back. And, and it felt that way, and it's, it's an amazing accomplishment. It was my favorite accomplishment or favorite moment of the year. But the way he played at Zozo, to me, was like, whoa, that looks crisp. Everything looks crisp. He's driving the shit out of it. The irons are on point. The, he's making putts, which I think is a very telling thing for Tiger. I think the putter, in a lot of ways, comes from how he's hitting it. If he feels like he's in complete control it like bleeds into that putter and like magic starts to happen. So that was really sick to watch. I, I watched every minute of that and I just like thought it was so freaking good. Okay. So that's the big thing, right? Tiger's little resurgence early fall plays an event in Japan. We move then to uh, a little Brendan Todd action in the Bermuda championship. So I, this is a huge story too, in some ways, because you got to remember like how far in the world golf rankings Brendan Todd had fallen. Um, he had, a, like me, in the fall this year, uh, he was suffering from a case of the blocks for a chunk of time. And uh, I listened to an interesting pod actually where he was talking about the process, and it took him a long time to rebuild and find confidence. It took him a, a lot of like trying to do different things and um, in his swing to find the rhythm again. Uh, find the feel, I should say, and comes out, wins the Bermuda Championship, looks really in control doing it, and that's like an amazing win, right? Like, very, very cool. So going on, that's a, um, simultaneously with that, is a World Golf Championship event, the HSBC Champions in Shanghai. They should just absolutely blow this event up, in my opinion. Um, not the World Golf Championship, but like, get it somewhere else. Like move, we've already, we just had some stuff in Asia. We went to nine bridges. We just did Japan. Like, let's, can we get this thing somewhere else? Like you see what really good golf courses they have in places like Australia, uh, New Zealand, you're already on that side of the world. Like, how is there not a tournament there all the time? Right. Not to keep harping on the president's cup, but like, geez, that was fucking amazing. And it was partially really that amazing because of how good, uh, Royal Melbourne is why in my mind of minds, I don't understand. They don't want to take a world golf championship and put it in a golf rich country like that every year. They want to take it to a place where they can quote unquote grow the game. And in reality, it's a, it's a spectacle for those people, I'm sure. But what does it really do? It does not really do much. Truthfully. I don't think that there are many extra new people in China um, finding a chance to go play because there's a, um, a world golf championship there. I just don't see that as being a thing. So, uh, we have Rory though, winning that. And again, this is like trending, trending stuff. He wins, uh, in Shanghai and he looks like a, uh, looks like himself. Let me put it that way. World beater, absolutely striping it. That one of the best fairway woods I've ever seen in my life. I think that was in like round two. Um, just the guy is ridiculous. I mean, it, I, I do firmly believe that's best swing uh, in the world right now, period. Okay. Then uh, mid-November, we got a little little gap in there. And then we go to mid-November uh, at the Mayacoba, El Camillion in Playa del Carmen. I do like Playa del Carmen, actually. I like that whole area a little bit. 
Um, and Brendan Todd pops up. He wins again. So back-to-back tour starts for Brendan Todd, back-to-back wins. Uh, and he actually, we're going to go to the next week immediately. He actually competed, um, was in contention at the RSM, the uh, the Davis uh, Love Cup Classic out there at a Sea Island Resort in Georgia. And that was won by one Tyler Duncan. So we get another first-time winner. So very, like, eclectic and sort of, like, um, interesting fall when we talk about regular tour events. And then a very classic uh, leaderboard for the larger uh, um, sort of uh, invitational, like, money grab. I don't want to call it money grab. That's not right. But, like, you know, appearance fee, um, Asian swing, right? You have JT winning. You have Tiger winning. And then you have Rory uh, in Shanghai. So the big names winning the big tournaments of the fall and a lot of new faces uh, popping up on, and, and some repeats if we talk about like Brendan Todd, but a lot of new faces popping up on uh, in the winter circle for the um, most of the fall season there. The last couple years, I, I don't know how everybody else looks at this, but the hero world challenge kind of to me signifies all of the, uh, big names coming back to golf and the switch from the fall season to the, uh, 20 whatever season, like the brand new season. Cause the wraparound is still a little, um, I don't want to call it lacking. I just think that like the fall, more people are going to start playing in the fall for FedEx cup points. And when that happens, I think it'll feel like a more full season. But right now to me, there does feel like a distinction between like, these are a fall series event. And then, um, now we're in the real season. So the Hero World Challenge, not a PGA Tour sanctioned event. I'm not going to talk a lot about it, but we have uh, Henrik Stenson winning. Um, you know, it's like a 30-man field kind of. Uh, it's almost like the the outing, like the top tour pro golf outing event of the year that Tiger holds. Um, but it holds a very important moment in the year. Uh, we have. And you can have your own opinions on this. I'm going to say it. I know Doug seemingly doesn't believe it. I don't know why. But you have the Patrick Reed uh, scooping the sand out of the bunker cheating moment. And that leads us into, like, I think it's a Ryder Cup year, first of all. It's just prior to the President's Cup. It is a bad look for the PGA Tour because they don't um, DQ him or punish him in any way. Basically, they kind of hide behind this idea that, you know, he came clean. He saw a different camera angle and, uh, you know, he didn't believe there was any intent. And so we have to take him by his word and we have to, you know, kind of just issue him this two stroke penalty. And, yeah, that's it. It's all done. But a whole that, that brings about a whole flood of other sort of ideas and and at least for me, um, ways of looking at how the PGA Tour handles things. You know, you got a guy like Matt Every who's suspended for uh, smoking weed. You have Tommy Ganey, who just recently um, got busted soliciting a prostitute. You know, these are obviously all those two are very different things as well. Matt Every sits at home on his couch. He cannot play on tour for a period of time. Tommy Ganey is still in like this probationary period. It depends on what goes on with his trial, which will determine what's going to happen to him on tour. When we talk about golf, I think a lot of times we talk about a game of integrity. Um, and I think that that's also a very gray word, right? 
for Patrick Reed in this situation, backed by the tour. It's become sort of this thing where the tour does not want cheating associated with its players. They don't want to like sort of crack open this idea that there could be cheating on tour. But it's apparent in this situation. And to me, um, not making an example of him here, especially with his past. We have to remember some of the other things that Patrick Reed has done, um, whether it be things from his college days, whether it be other examples of cheating. I mean, Twitter was just full of other examples where, hey, like he's done this before. Like we've, it's, he's been caught on camera before. Um, you know, for him to get off the way that he did, sort of scot-free in that moment, I didn't think was uh, appropriate in any way. But it leads us again. So he cheat. He, he has this moment where it can be perceived as cheating, I should say. And uh, from there, we go to the President's Cup in Royal Melbourne. Royal Melbourne, literally the best fucking golf course I think I've ever watched live golf on. I mean, it was just like absolutely fucking incredible. But the um, the the President's Cup itself was amazing. The golf was amazing. Tiger. Top of his game shows you what a great and uh, varied player he is on an amazing golf course, right? He can hit all the shots high, low, left, right, has so much creativity, so much ability around the greens, shows you why he's the best ball striker probably in the world still. Um, and he was clearly the best player in the President's Cup in general. But yet intriguing storylines like the rise of Abe Anzer, the um, what else? Uh, sorry, my. My headphones just made a funky noise. Uh, the rise of Abe Anzer, the uh, uh, Sung J.M. showing what he can do. Um, you had a lot of young guy, Cam Smith, who came out and called Patrick Reed a cheater and then kind of got slapped on the wrist for it. Um, so you had all these guys like sort of like appearing on the world stage and Neiman, you know, a, another young guy. Uh, and I thought that the President's Cup just like to me read as this is what golf is all about, right? This is what we watch it for. We watch it to see guys um, play creatively, play with style, play with swagger. We watch it to see new characters appear. We watch it to see, um, you know, a changing of the guard, so to speak. And it's one of the few sports where a guy who's got a fused back and is in his 40s can compete with a fresh, young-faced bomber who's in his 20s and I to me it was just like absolutely unbelievably intriguing unfortunately it was also somewhat overshadowed uh in the end by Patrick Reed again um first sort of making a gesture like he was you know shoveling sand which is kind of shitty in my opinion and then also his caddy Kessler Corrine getting in a fight with a fan literally fighting a fan and again Nothing was done to um, sort of punish for any of this stuff. So we leave the President's Cup with that, a U.S. victory as they win uh, singles. It looked a little iffy for a while there, but uh, in the end, they pull out the the victory. And uh, we wrap up the President's Cup in Royal Melbourne. They should just hold it at Royal Mel Melbourne every, uh, every year, honestly. Okay. We go to the QBE shootout. I'm not even really going to talk about this team event. Uh, Roby Sabatini, Sabatini and Kevin Tway with the win. They played down in Tiburon uh, in Naples, Florida. I played that golf course. It's very mediocre. Not one of my faves. 
Uh, and then the season really kicks off. We head down for the Hawaii swing. Tournament of Champions in Kapalua. Kapalua, after the redo, I thought looked great. It sucked that they got so much rain because you didn't get to see um, – they're not calling it a redo, by the way. What are they calling it? A reinvigoration or something like that. I, I don't know the exact wording. But um, unfortunately, they got a lot of rain, so it didn't really play as firm and fast as normal. But I think some of the new bunkering and some of the sort of new strategy that's out there, uh, some centerline stuff, some softening of some of the slopes and the greens to allow for green speeds – I thought it, of course, still played really well, and it, it ends up always being one of these tournaments that's hard not to love. It's got such uh, character and like sort of distinctness in the schedule. Uh, the champion there, Justin Thomas, who wins in kind of like a, a weird playoff where everybody kind of limped around, right? Like Xander, who I think played the best, really had a chance to win it in regulation and comes up with like a crazy three-putt. Patrick Reed sneaks into this playoff and I'm like sitting on the couch going, please don't let this motherfucker win. Um, Justin Thomas is like hooking five woods into the shit. It, it was really weird. Thank God he ends up winning. Uh, and Justin Thomas now has two wins on the year and matches Jordan Spieth in the win total column if you're keeping track at home. So interesting there. Hawaii continues. We had the Sony at YLI, one of my absolute favorite tournaments every year again. I, I like the Hawaii swing a lot, but YLI's cool. Cool, old, quirky golf course, shorter than most of the golf courses on tour. Um, rewards a lot of different shot making, a lot of different play. And so uh, that was cool to see a guy like Cam Smith, who I like Cam Smith. I think he's got attitude. I think he's got a certain sort of air about him and his skills from the fairway on and around the green are amazing. If he ever really starts to, to drive the shit out of it, he's going to win a bunch of golf tournaments, I think, because his creativity is insane. He's such a good player, uh, but he does definitely struggle off the tee. So a good week for him. Tough conditions, really wet and windy. So you're, you're like not getting a lot of roll, but at the same time you're fighting a lot of uh, sort of breeze and elements and trying to guess a lot more, I think, than normal. Um, but, yeah, good win from Cam Smith. Then uh, we're like, we're almost to present day with this very long explanation. The American Express was last week, and uh, we have Andrew Landry as the winner. I thought he was going to cough that thing up. That's at PGA West, by the way. I forgot about that. Um, and interestingly enough, at PGA West, you know, only a week after the death of Pete Dye. So cool. In some ways, it's like an interesting little tribute to Pete that uh, we end up watching a tournament at his course the week after his passing. Um, everybody loves, I think that course has like sort of been passed over by technology. Everybody loves to talk about that, that huge, you know, bunker left of, uh, what is that, 17 or 18. But realistically, that course is, it's become kind of a birdie fest. That whole event, playing three different courses is another part of that, I know. But uh, PJ West itself has, I think it used to have a lot of teeth when it was first opened, but the equipment from, you know, this, this time and place has just absolutely allowed guys to nuke that place. But Andrew Landry holds on. Uh, he gets a win. He's like a weird, he just like pops up and wins every now and again. Uh, misses like 25 cuts in a row. Wins, misses a bunch more, wins. So that was cool. Um, and then uh, we're back here. Now we're, we're finally uh, to present day. At Torrey Pines, and like I just said, I, I just finished uh, watching round one with um, mostly Tiger's group uh, with Morikawa and Rom, 
And so this will be an interesting tournament to see like where things go and, you know, when slash if Tiger uh, gets the the 83rd victory and, and passes Snead and all those things. So lots to think about that way. Lots to think about as we sort of head into major season. And I'm sure we'll do a bunch of big previews on all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, my main purpose for this was just to give you guys some of my thoughts on the fall to give you uh, a little hope that we'll be back in full swing soon enough and kind of let you know where we've been and, and where we think we're going. So I hope you've enjoyed listening to me for probably far too long, but, um, yeah, besides that, uh, hopefully you get some good golf in. If you're in a warm area, if you're in uh, the Northeast right now, you're like me, you're, you're going fucking stir crazy. Um, but yeah, we'll be in touch. Look out for pods coming up. Hopefully a reaction pod to Tory Pines and, uh, Yeah, whatever's next. See you soon. Thanks.